welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And woohoo, it is me, Len Foot. And welcome to the Raucous Program. You are listening live <laughs> from the home studios wow. in Woodridge, Illinois, Woo! standing room only. Yeah. On a warm spring night. Well, it's not very warm, but it's a spring night. It's warm yeah. if you're Henry Foot, because if it's above 40, he's in shorts. Yes. And and I love that everyone is thinking spring. Baseball's right around the corner. And welcome to the recap episode of the week that was in life. Uh our diamond listeners. We're calling uh, it in life now. Yeah. The re- <laughs> recap episode in life. We're gonna open up our world to everyone. Yes, we're going to let you inside the exciting world of Len and Beeve as we go through topics that will be of interest to you to make your world a better one. Tonight on our recap episode, we'll be talking March Madness. The final four is here. We got you covered on all that when we'll pick the winners. We'll also celebrate the unlikely bracket winner in Len's t-shirt challenge. Well, not yet. Not yet. She might not win. It's in but... the bag. It's in the <laughs> bag. Um, <laughs> we'll also uh, NBA playoffs. Uh, MLB starts this week, and which is amazing. Uh, so we'll touch on that briefly, including our personal attorney and his sadness um, at recent developments. Um, then I recommend where Len and I will recommend a movie, a play, a book, a work of art. Oh, Ramps. I've got a, a, a little different one tonight. Uh oh. Yeah. Len has been sending me photos of scissors saying, wow, this is these scissors cut <laughs> like no one's business. And I said, whoa. Spoiler oh, alert, B. Uh, sorry. Uh, Rolling Stones top 500 albums of all time were rocketing towards the finish line, rocketing. And I very excited. Five new reviews for you tonight. And then Len will be dipping into his personal curated collection of his favorite 500 albums. These are uh, in demand by the Museum of Contemporary Art downtown, the Field <laughs> Museum has requested uh, archives. Uh, we're weighing off. We'll bring them over, not Alex. Yeah, we're weighing them off. We're weighing them uh, all the offers, and uh, so it's going to be a great episode. Speaking of Alex, it's been a while since we've heard from him, hasn't it? Yeah, we. Well, two things before we get on to Alex. The Diamond listeners have a little flipboard. One flipboard. on the what is that? The east side. One on the west side. The east side is your 500 Rolling Stone album countdown. Mm-hmm. They're flipping the numbers as you say them. Oh. <laughs> and on the other side is my 500 favorite albums. And they are flipping the numbers. So they're really juiced tonight. Well, they've really, uh, they've really, they've invested money. At, yeah. Uh, it costs a little bit to, uh, well, we're worth it. Yeah. Uh, given our incredible week. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to oh, that. Oh man, our accountants are on the job, and we'll <laughs> introduce busy. you to those two. Yeah, they really have been working their hardest. Um, and then the second thing, Beeb, I want to say uh, about Alex 
which is probably why I was also wondering what was going on with him. Spring break time. Spring break always reminds me of Alex because the Instagram posts. Well, but I'll let I'll let you let everyone know what's going on with him. Well, Alex has uh, come up to me and he said has a new business venture. Oh boy! So uh, he's start he's launching Alex, uh, uh, CPT, where uh, he will uh, be your personal uh, predictive text writer. So um, in the future, we'll be communicating. I will be communicating all my scripts and delightful uh, jag bags, anecdotes and everything. I'll just be feeding that to Alex and then he will turn around and not only spit back a complete script in less than 10 minutes to me, this is his business model, um, which he has developed uh, in relationship uh, with his new personal advisor, um, which he met I don't know how they met, but uh, I I'm, I just had a shudder go down <laughs> my spine. Uh, his advisor, uh, Mr. Hancock Caruso. Oh boy, uh, yeah. Please, uh, Hancock Hancock has not. Hancock has a strong track record with uh, established entrepreneurship. He's uh, he's done inflatable Velcro. Uh, that was a, a gigundus, uh, uh, hit. Um, he also they get sued by the entire country of Venezuela for some accidents with that. Uh, the, I, uh, I, I think I've signed some confidentiality agreements on that. So it really, mm -hmm. uh, legal issues prevent me from commenting okay. any further, but all I'll say is that they kept the casualties to in the thousands. So it could have been really, uh, <sighs> bad. Um, yeah, but, that was not bad at all. Yeah, thousands. I mean, everyone understands everything's relative. Um, so uh, Hancock, uh, fresh from that triumph, that Venezuelan triumph, uh, is now uh, doing Alex uh, CPT. Um, so not only uh, will he be turning around hilarious comedy scripts for our enjoyment, but he'll also be coming up with marketing campaigns, uh, websites, uh, endorsement deals. Um, he's also bagged his first client, Matthew Nicholson, and his tell-all oh. memoir on uh, on the season. I don't I don't need to tell you the title of his uh, upcoming. Well, we book. know it's going to be child's play. Absolutely, it's going to be in Barbara's uh, probably in twenty forty eight. Twenty forty eight. Well, well, I, I guess... did see I did see an Instagram post from Alex today. Yeah, parasailing with all the money my boss gave me. <laughs> I didn't give him any money. Yeah, uh, he wrote to check my coffers. Maybe I'm sure our accountants are on it once they get finished with our um, with our other uh, crunching the numbers for our wild liquor box celebration after our incredible weekend um of audience downloads probably a probably not a record but up there in terms yeah, of, number of downloads. Sure. um 
it was it was so amazing that well Lynn and I just got back from liquor box from a 48 hour ender needed to celebrate had to it was uh, it was a long time coming and uh we took some taunts uh twitter was uh taunting us um alex was uh alex was taunting us as well but our uh but we uh we've rebounded nicely some nice numbers we want to thank everyone for if you're listening tonight for downloading us and hope you'll tell a friend or two or five about us and our uh, incredible podcast um and we're coming we're closing in on our 200th episode that's coming up yeah so um we want to just thank everyone who's listened and who's recommended us please do subscribe to us i'll just get the spiel out of the way right now we're on every podcast platform in existence so just type in jagbags podcast you'll find a an avenue to get to us so please subscribe, hit that subscribe button. Who doesn't want Jag Bags twice a week? Most people are like, want to talk to us. My social calendar is so full. I said, I, I get emails. I know Len, you do too, that say, hello, Jag Bags host. Would you like to perhaps podcast live at my birthday party? Yeah, um, I, get, I get a lot all of the those. time. Yeah, I, I, I usually just forward those to Ron Ron to filter them out for me. <laughs> Ron, Ron Ron's good at that. I give, them to, intern. I give them to Alex and he loses them, but he's working on it. He has a, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's parasailing beef. <laughs> I don't understand why. Uh, I think those are stock photos. He assured me that he was meeting with Nicholson tonight for a getting him as a uh, guest on the next Jag bags. Well, give him a call. Give him a call. Uh, he hasn't go straight to voicemail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we thank God talk we talk about our accountants before we talk on to uh, our lawyers' sadness. <laughs> we really have a lot of executives hard at work for us here. <laughs> accountants, lawyers. Well, our accountants they had to deal with a couple things this weekend. Yep. One was because of our incredible amount of downloads. Yep. They had to meet with the. Simple cast executives yep. to renegotiate our contract. Yes. There are dollar people. Mm-hmm. Regency. And they also they interfered with Regency's nap time. So, right. Sent the so, so who, uh, Philly Lancelot. Philby, and our other one? Philby Lancelot, our first accountant. And then yeah, Roman J. Mm-hmm. And then Roman J. Israel Esquire. Roman J. Israel Esquire. Who is uh, on the same level as take no guff? Yes, yes, me. Yeah, yeah. Deals will get done. So, and they also are the numbers are flying up so high yeah. that they're making sure they're accurate, and it's just been a crazy weekend. It really has. They're working with Price Waterhouse Cooper uh, to ensure the accuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, Particularly the last one, uh, which dealt uh, our last recap episode, which dealt with the seminal uh, television series Shetland. Uh, great numbers. So check that out. Check out all of our podcasts. Um, and uh, we're also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. So check us out there. Drop us a line. Uh, suggest a topic. Win a T-shirt. 
Um, if you propose a topic that we select, we will send you a Jag Bags t-shirt. They're flying off the shelves. Order yours now. Um, Do not buy the t-shirts that Hancock Caruso claims to be Jag Bags t-shirts. Those are counterfeit. <laughs> and you know for sure, because on the back of them, it says made in Venezuela. Those are not real Jag Bags t-shirts. Only contact me or Beeve yes. so you get the correct Jag Bags t-shirt. Do not accept any substitutes, particularly any made in Venezuela. Hancock Caruso is not popular down right. in Venezuela right mm -hmm. now. In fact, they're after him. Um, well, um, yeah, that's the Alex update. That's our liquor box accountants update. Um, should we... Should we talk about our, our sad lawyer or do we want to wait? Yeah, let's, let's, I feel like, cause we're talking about all our wonderful employees. Staff. Yes. Good and bad. Yeah. Parasailers and hard workers. And uh, wheeler dealers. And so Franklin Sampson, probably. Venezuelan fugitives. <laughs> easily, Franklin Sampson, easily the best uh, lawyer in the Midwest, arguably the United States. Arguably, yes. Actually, there's no argument. Workaholic. 100% mm -hmm. stand-up guy. Yep. Has never lost a case for us. <laughs> He's like Perry Mason. <laughs> so, Phoebe <laughs> and I were shocked to find him at Liquor Box with us. He was despondent. But he was in a darkened corner yep. by himself. Sad, sad drinking friend. slow gin fizzes all night. You hate to see it. And the reason why is because the Cubs outrighted his nephew, Adrian I Sampson. I thought trip. it was a sec. I thought Adrian was second cousin. No, that's his nephew. Nephew. Okay. His nephew. Right. So he was very saddened by that. He was really excited about the season because all the Cubs moves. Right. And let's just say. Franklin Sampson is at a different place right now. <laughs> we wish him well. We're sure he'll make a strong recovery. Never know, Franklin. I mean, the Cubs, they're, you know, the pitching, someone might get hurt. Someone might get off to a terrible start. Cubs might need a, a quick uh, emergency guy. I'll bet you Adrian will be back. So well, chin, I, chin up, Franklin. I saw him walking around a couple of weeks ago in a Cy Sampson t-shirt. So <laughs> he might have been putting the card. I had a feeling horse. he was building. Yeah, he was building it up a little too much. Disappointment is a fact of life. Yeah. How you bounce back? <laughs> we here at Jagbags know that better than everyone. <laughs> it really is, is true. We are walking testament to bouncing back. <laughs> no, no truth to We're the, the sultans I, of disappointment. Our podcast is called Bounce Back Bags. <laughs> move on to the madness. Uh, I think uh, anyone who had UConn, Miami of Florida, Florida Atlantic, <laughs> and who was the fourth? Uh, uh, San Diego State. Who I San picked. Diego State. Yeah, I picked. I picked San Diego State. Did you pick that? That's right. You did pick them. You did have them in the final four. Yeah. 
I had none of them. Our our good friend Anthony DeAndre applauded me for it. He's you, like, that was a great pick. I go, yeah, one of four. <laughs> you so, that's better than mine. Yeah. I watched my last hope go down in flames to UConn. I'm so mad at all those CBS pundits because they were like, or and or ESPN or whoever the pundits were, they're like, yeah, UConn's going to the final four. And I was like, you're drunk. And of course it happens. So bitter, but uh, UConn they, looks great. They, you have to call them the favorite. They played great. They did. And my long running lens t-shirt madness bracket. My wife, Laura oh. is in <laughs> really good spot she could win win it. again she this could is win your it. third win i think third win in the i think i've probably been doing it for 10 years or so maybe a little I, longer i think that uh philby so landslot and what's hilarious about this year Beeb, is the she's the only one who could still get points right everyone else is maxed out yeah my friend maureen winston who actually won one of my first ones years ago like way back when She'll win if Connecticut loses on Saturday. If Connecticut wins, Laura wins. I think the uh, accountants, Philby Lancelot and Roman J. Israel Esquire are under uh, severe uh, questioning. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on with those two. They really are. I'm just glad they don't have nephews on the Cubs so they can stay focused. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I mean... I, my bracket was busted very early. And as I suspect, a lot of them, a lot of never happened. This has never happened where no one had a chance to get points except for one person. Yeah. Unbelievable. Kind of speaks to the whole bracket as a, um, do you think it's good for the NCAA or for the March Madness to not have a blue blood? Yes. Like the, the closest thing to a blue blood is UConn. And they're a blue blood. It's college. It should be wide open. I think it's more exciting that way. Mm -hmm. But I, I mean, have you, have you seen Connecticut play? I haven't, I've, that's the team I've missed. I've watched a lot of games, but I haven't seen Connecticut play. Seen them twice. They beat Marquette pretty good. And then Marquette. Oh, they beat Marquette. Yeah. I missed that game. They beat Marquette in you in Connecticut. And then they came to Milwaukee and Marquette beat them pretty good. But I think UConn was missing oh regular season. Them. But then you watch yeah, this is the regular season. I haven't watched them. Uh, I watched a little bit of the Gonzaga game, but by yeah. the time I turned it on, that game was well in hand, and so I, that's why I haven't really watched them because I'll look up and they're up twenty already. So I'm like, well, I don't need to watch that. But now I feel like I should have watched it just to see how, how good they are. The other three teams, well, I haven't. I've only seen a little bit of Florida Atlantic. I, I watched a good amount of their opening round game against Memphis. Right. Who was also supposed to be a good team. Yeah. Memphis and Florida Atlantic were both uh, popular picks to win, to be like, uh, beat the one seed and, and keep moving on. So the people that did that were correct. Because but I think number, more were saying Memphis than Florida Atlantic. Because the number one seed in that bracket was Purdue, which nobody trusted. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's part of it. But Miami looked really good yesterday. Because that was, that was an excellent game. I've watched two Texas games. 
And Texas defense looked really good. And Miami just kept, they didn't care. They just kept yeah, they going to the up. basket. It wasn't a game one because of three pointers. They just kept driving. Right. They have a lot of athletic guys who can get to the rim. And they just, they didn't panic. It, I was really impressed with them. They're very well coached. Yeah. Kenny Smith was raving about their coach. Yeah. He's like, I got to root for Miami because I'm a fan of their coach. And that was a, did you see that game? Uh, I watched the last uh, 10 minutes of it. It was great. Both teams shot well. Yeah, excellent game. It it wasn't, there weren't weren't wide open shots. I feel like every basket got earned in that game for the most part. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a loss because of any kind of defensive lapse or, Somebody threw the ball away. It was just a really good game. I think Miami just wore them down, like you said. Yeah. They eventually just, like, just, um, yeah, Texas just couldn't stop them, and then Texas couldn't score at the other end down the stretch um, because I felt like Texas was in control of that game. Yeah, that's what it felt like. And then I just kept I kept going, you know what, though? They're not – Miami's not – like I said, they're not panicking – they're just hanging around. They're doing they're doing the right things. Yep. And that's I mean they I remember last year watching them a little bit. So I remember I think his name's Isaiah Wong. I remember him in the tournament last year. And he he never got flustered at all. Just good team basketball. Yeah. The other game which was a I mean it was a good game as far as it was close, but San Diego State and Creighton, they both missed so many shots. And they were like open shots. Neither one of them could make a three. Right. So I'm afraid that doesn't bode well for San Diego State because Florida Atlantic, I think, is pretty high-powered offensively. So I don't think they're going to be able to keep them down to in the 50s like they did with Creighton. So they might not have a, might have a tough time with that. So I'm looking at Florida Atlantic Connecticut final. Florida Atlantic, I I watched um, them beat Fairleigh Dickinson, and then I watched the Kansas State game. And both times, I was just impressed with their offense and just the way they moved together as a team. They, you know, it's a motion offense, and so there's so many. Um, you know, guys cutting and moving and it's kind of a beautiful, you know, the ball's always moving. They, they work it inside of that golden guy. Yeah. He's had a really good tournament, which they need to, I think they should do it more often because I think that would open up things. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they have success with him down low, that's going to force San Diego state to, you know, try and get physical with him. And, but he's a clever passer and can kick it out to open shots for Florida Atlantic's guards. I, I, I do consider them the favorite. And then UConn-Miami, that could be a great game because Miami isn't intimidated, and they've been close. They were in the Elite Eight last year and lost to Kansas. Now they're, they, they've proved they can play with anybody, so they are not going to be – I feel like that's going to be a heavyweight fight. Yeah. But I think UConn – I think they kind of feel it. You know, they they feel that they, however. Laura is holding up a sign right now that says, give me the t-shirt now, bitch. 
<laughs> well, the confidence in the studio audience right now is at all time highs. And what's amazing is <laughs> give me Laura the t-shirt now. I think she bitch. she picked Texas too. So she could have had three of the final four. I researched all the teams, of course, ran <laughs> scouting reports. <laughs> and I look at my ruined bracket. Yeah. But her fourth final four team was one of the 16 seeds. <laughs> now, that even, team would have made it. <laughs> an even greater insult <laughs> to everyone. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we're, we both think Florida Atlantic UConn final. I'm, I'm thinking for Miami though. I'm I, thinking I became a Miami fan yesterday. That's my th- that's my team I'm rooting for. The one thing that could go UConn really hasn't been challenged very much. So if UConn finds themselves in a dogfight, advantage Miami because Miami is used to that kind of UConn has not been challenged. It could be like UNL. Remember UNLV? Yeah, they were just steamrolling yep. to. Yep. They were undefeated, and then they ran to Duke and. It was a it was a close game and they blinked. Yeah, and as someone who has never won a March Madness bracket, I will give you my insights, and that is that <laughs> which everyone is interested. In. I always feel like to win the championship, you have to have one super close game. Yeah, because then you know you can pull out these close ones. Right. So that that might affect Connecticut, like you said, if Miami's just. Staying in there with them, you get nervous. These are young guys. That's what you forget. How that's part of the reason why. And I think I even said this last week. Why is the three point shooting so bad? Mm-hmm. It's just something about the nerves get to you. You miss one. If you miss one in the regular season, you probably don't think about it as much. But if March Man is like every possession so important, I feel like you miss a shot or two, and then you start thinking too much. Yeah, I think you gotta. You got to be calm, right? And keep doing the things you always do. But I, I, I just think guys panic, and it's a lot of. They shoot it. It's not air balls. It's not shots that are hitting off the front of the rim. It's almost always they just sh- they're they're on line with the basket, but they bounce off. You know what I'm saying? It's like they're not. Their touch is just the slightest bit off, and that's why I think it's nerves. Right. The kid on, I posted this on Facebook, the Princeton kid who had four shots go in and out of the basket. I know. And they lost by like 11, four threes. Right. And the guy's a dead eye. He's, he was, Peters, I think is his name. He was Evanston High School's leading scorer of all time. And every time wow. he shot the ball, I'm like, that's, that's going in. But yeah. he had no luck. It was, they just kept falling in and out for him. Yeah, just some uh, ba- bad, uh, yeah, just bad luck. Mm-hmm. But it's been fantastic as usual. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, uh, that is in um, Miami's favor is that Laranaga has been, this is far from his first rodeo in, at this level. And Hurley, the coach of UConn has never been this far. Although he's definitely got the pedigree. Yeah. And the college basketball, you know, experience. I don't think it's too big of a factor, but this is his first final four. 
So yeah, yeah. Make of make of that what you will. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Yeah, I um the uh I, I think I have already done the uh uh NCAA championship trivia with you already where I had you pick the um the schools that have uh that have with have had uh five or more appearances in the Yeah, I think we did that. Yeah. Did we do that already? Yeah. So UConn can enter that um if UConn makes it to the finals they will enter that rare only eight schools have been to the NCAA finals five or more times UCLA Kentucky Indiana Carolina Duke Kansas Ohio State and Michigan if UConn makes it they will and they will become the ninth so wow. a little bit a little bit of history there yeah. Anyway. Um and they've never I, I don't think they've ever lost a final. I'll have to that I'm not sure. I'll have to go. I'll get Alex on that once he's back from his uh, book meet, book deal meeting with uh Nicholson. Uh-huh. And where's that happening? Uh Aruba? I, I was told Mashwaters, um, but uh call Mashwaters, see if they're there. Alex has trouble finding. Okay, I will. Oh, fine. Uh -huh. I'll ask. I'll ask for the. Um, I'll ask for the maitre d, Philippe. Uh, Philippe is much too busy to answer your calls. He always is. Mashwaters is always crowded, Beef. I I could say I I'm a personal friend of the the uh, of the part owner. Will that get me a no. podcast host? No. Calls does get, get calls doesn't get give you anything. Nope, calls get screened. Not even for beef. A lot going on in Mashwaters. I bet Matt Byer gets through no problems. The the host of well, Matt that's that's different. That's, yeah, that's yeah, Matt Byer. It sure is different. <laughs> uh, let's just move on from my bitterness. Um, <laughs> should we talk uh, NBA? Yeah, why don't you start with the Cavs? The Cavs could make the third spot. They could get the third spot. How close are they? They are a game and a half out. And Embiid got hurt. And Embiid got hurt. They're playing Denver tonight. Um. So if Denver wins, then that's a game. Then, then they're only one game back. And wow. Philly has a tough closing schedule, and the and the Cavs' closing schedule is pretty easy. Now, the Cavs have clinched a spot, so they might be resting guys. Um, so it's going to be interesting whether I, we're going to see how they're like three games ahead of the next, right? Yeah. So they're pretty, barring something crazy, they're pretty much at min at minimum fourth. It will be, yeah, yeah. They should, they should wrap up the four seed, no problem. Yeah, so they're in a good unless spot. they have a horrific collapse. And quite frankly, at this point, you know, I'd like to have everybody healthy. They're playing really well. They had a 
outstanding near buzzer beater win against Brooklyn. That was awesome. Um, Okoro with a three ball from the corner uh, with to, to beat them with 0.5 seconds left. Uh, great win in Brooklyn. So, now, so they're on a real confidence high uh, right now. And Mobley has turned it up offensively. He had 26 points and 16 boards. So he continues to show what he can be capable of. Well, you're the president of his fan club. So. I am a, I'm already uh, planning out his Hall of Fame candidacy with Billy Wagner-like intensity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will bring that same laser focus. I will send you my literature on how to start a <laughs> grassroots campaign. <laughs> After two seasons, it's quite clear. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, the Bulls. Uh, oh, wait. I want to ask you something. Uh, oh. uh, not ask you something. Tell you something. I saw a headline. This is the headline. Cavs could be headed to NBA finals. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's it's that crazy because I think the Bucks and Celtics are good, but I don't think they're above the Cavs. Uh, the Cavs have played the Celtics real tough all year long. They've they've they they go with them toe to toe. The Celtics have so much more playoff experience. So that's in their favor. Uh, One thing that, I noticed about that can the also Celtics, work in the Cavs' favor too. One thing I noticed about the Celtics, I feel like Tatum and Brown keep bouncing in and out of the lineup too. Yeah. So I feel like those two have nagging injuries, might not necessarily ones that'll keep you out of the lineup, but ones that might affect your play a little bit. They were so dominant at the beginning of the season, and now they're not so dominant and then and the I, Bucks, yeah, I look at the Bucks roster and I feel like it's not as good as some of the other years too tough to say the Bucks at one point I think they won like what 16 in a row after Middleton came back and I was like Ugh, I don't know if anyone's beating these guys but they've come back to earth a little bit that's what I'm saying I don't I feel like the Cavs, they got a good shot. They got a good shot. It's not inconceivable to say that they could play those teams tough. Um, and whoever wins in the East, the West is not strong this year. No. So I feel like whoever wins the East would be favored to win the title this year. Yeah, all those traditional teams coming out of the West, they definitely have their issues. So and the it's top- really shocking because I know. I mean, Denver's a one seed, but they've been shaky. You don't look at them and be like, these guys are for sure. But we said the same thing about Golden State at the beginning of their run back in 2015. I was like, really? Steph Curry? He's going to lead a team all the way to an an NBA title, and they proved it. So, um, you know. I think Sacramento's the two seed. Yeah, and Memphis. Super young. Yeah, Memphis. Anything could happen with that team. Those guys are wild cards. Yeah, and then and everybody else is all bunched up together. Yeah, the Suns have been disappointing. Yep. 
And same with the Clippers. Yeah, George is out again. Mm-hmm. That's who the Bulls play tonight. Right. Uh, the hottest team has really been the Lakers. Until um, they met the mighty gauntlet that is the Chicago they... Bulls, who I have never wavered in my belief in them. Yes. <laughs> I watched a little of that. I was flipping between that and the college games. And the Lakers would creep up kind of close, but but the, the Bulls always end up getting a big bucket. And that was with Vooch getting ejected. Yeah. Uh, our Impressive. jeans-wearing pal, Andre Drummond, did the job. <laughs> the, the one thing about those guys in pickup games that wear jeans, I mean, they're sneaky effective. <laughs> they're usually tough. Yeah, and you're like... They might not have basketball smarts, but they're tough. You're like, this guy sucks. How is he killing <laughs> us? <laughs> Look at him run down the court in those jeans. God. No shirt. Well, they they had Derek Jones had uh, hit a couple threes. They shot really well from three. Yeah, the Bulls did, and they've been not giving up the leads. They've been maintaining, which is what their problem has been all year. Now they're I think they're either two or three games up on the Pacers. The Pacers who've beaten the Bulls at least three times, I think. I think they're they pretty locked in. Else. I think the Bulls are pretty locked in. They could I, go. They could leap past. Who's right up above them? Uh, I think there's Toronto, Atlanta. They can maybe get past Atlanta because Atlanta. Atlanta's been having some problems. Oh, Atlanta. Yeah, Trey Young got ejected. I love it, and. They could move up to maybe the nine spot. Yeah, the Bulls are. But they half... probably play Toronto. I'd rather. I don't know. We played better against the Heat than Toronto this year, so I guess it doesn't really matter. The Bulls are a half playoffs. Yeah, they're a half game back of Atlanta and Toronto. Yeah, I feel like the Bulls have been playing well, and Atlanta's been struggling. So, but the Raptors, I think, I, I feel like. The ra- Every time I look at the Raptors, I'm like, why is their record so bad? I know. It's it's shocking to me. They, I think that coach is going to get fired. Uh, but they, the Bulls play the Raptors. I don't think they win. Yeah. Bulls play the Heat. They have a chance. Bulls play Atlanta. They have a chance. It could be. They could get Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I forgot. Brooklyn is Brooklyn. Behind Miami now, or is Miami still behind them? They are tied. Oh, yeah. But okay. Brooklyn so Miami, holds the tiebreaker right now. Brooklyn would be good, too. We could beat Brooklyn. I, I, If it was ideal, we'd play either Brooklyn or Atlanta. Yeah. And I think the Bulls would have a chance to move on. So. But they, I mean, I, I, I always look at their schedule. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'm still not confident, no matter who they're playing. <laughs> you just yeah, don't Clippers never play. know what team is going to show up. I think they play Memphis at the end of the week. The Bulls play the Lakers on Wednesday. The Lakers are going to be mad. The Lakers are going to be mad. So I don't see us winning that game. And they need to come out. They need to uh, 
Yeah, they'll, they, and they need each win because they're fighting for a spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think we could win tonight with no Paul George. And the Clippers, I mean, every game matters for the Clippers too, so they'll be very motivated. Mm. Uh, That's a winnable the, game. Then the Bulls get Charlotte, then Memphis, then Atlanta, then Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Then Dallas, no problem. They'll be Dallas. Oh, there you go. Oh, you have turned Dallas's season around now. Be without effort. They've been waiting. I was going to bring that up today. <laughs> Dallas has been waiting for Beeb to <laughs> insult them on air. <laughs> it has finally happened. <laughs> Kyrie and Luca are going to be in perfect harmony the rest of the year and win the NBA championship. Now the of, magic button has been pushed by Beeb. Did you see, speaking of, did you see Luca? Uh, he got fined for oh. insinuating that the reps were on the take. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you're obviously getting money. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We've really reached a new low in ref baiting here in this country. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, uh, it Is should Dallas be the last game of the year for the Bulls. Uh, there's one more game after that, and I forget what that game is. Um, I, I turned off my, I turned it off. The Hornets game isn't easy because Hayward's been playing well. He's back, and they've been competitive. They have been. They they beat Dallas twice. Oh, 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 oh. oh there we go. Uh, the Pistons are the Bulls' last game of the season. Luca will be sure to thank you at the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> parade. What'd you say? The last game of the season for the Bulls is against Detroit. Okay. The evil. The one person. thing that might help the Bulls is they got to be feeling confident now because they've been playing really well. Yeah. So maybe that confidence will carry them to a few more wins than I expect. Yeah, they've just got to avoid the malaise. I went to the game last week the against Philly, mm-hmm. and Embiid went out in the first quarter because he hurt his calf. But I don't know what was up with the Bulls, like whether they, you know, Someone there was well, you like, went to the game where they got blown out, right? Oh my god, after they had finally broken the Embiid streak, <laughs> yeah. And then they, they very quickly were down like 25 and like little to no effort. I, I've yeah. never left a Bulls game that early. I was like, yeah. well, we could, um, we could sit around and watch this or, yeah. or uh, beat the traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Uh, so let's hope they can avoid that and right. finish the season strong and go into the playoffs and make a little noise. All right. Well, uh, should we move on to baseball just a bit, just a bit? Well, do you have anything to say? Cause next week we will have our baseball expert, Anthony DeAndre. on. that's always a really popular episode. It is. Let's table all look, baseball. Look for that to come out in a couple of weeks. Yeah, let's table all baseball talk until next week. Um, okay. I'll be talking more, a little more baseball on the I recommend. Ooh, a Ooh. All right. So, uh, all right. Why don't you go ahead then? Do your I recommend. I guess we're at the I recommend. Okay. So, my I recommend is a documentary surprise, and it's on Amazon Prime, and it's called Reggie. 
and it's a the new documentary on Reggie Jackson. Nice. I haven't even and, heard about that one. Yeah, I neither did I. I was looking at it and I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's, it's under LeBron's production company. And um, and it basically it's red. It's the story of Reggie Jackson. And uh, they take you through all the Oakland highlights. And um, then with all the all the Yankees stuff is told in great detail. That really is. Uh, obviously, that's the climax of the documentary. But there's really interesting, of course, very interesting guests um, as well. He, he uh, interviews, he has a good conversation with Hank Aaron before Aaron uh, before Aaron's death, mm-hmm. um, where he talks about, uh, you know, where Aaron talks about, you know, his home run pursuit and um, just about, it's some interesting, very interesting insights into racism because Aaron was saying, you know, I was from the Jackie Robinson school that, you know, you really had to, you know, be quiet really, you know, when confronted with that in order to make opportunities for others. And Reggie was saying, well, I was more from the Jim Brown, Bill Russell school, where if you weren't going to treat me correctly, I was going to say something. And so Reggie was, and they get into that too, about his, I mean, he was very outspoken. Um, I remember during the seventies, there was a lot of times I just could not stand him. Me too. Um, Me too. But I have softened towards him. Part of it was because he was on the Yankees. Yeah. But the A's, I always look back on the A's as kind of a cool team. Right. Him and Vita Blue, Mm -hmm. Joe Rudy, all those guys, they were, they were a fun team. And they are all uh, Vita Blue, Joe Rudy, and Raleigh Fingers are all in the documentary. They, they all talk to him. Yeah, I need to watch that one. And um, Dave Stewart, Doctor J, Hank Aaron. Um, the beginning, he gets a phone call from Pete Rose, and says, "Hey, we're, we're having this thing. Are you going?" And Reggie's like, "I don't know, man. You know, I." And uh, Pete Rose is like, uh, "Is it me, or are you getting smaller every time I look at you?" Like you used to be a big guy and you're shrinking, you're shrinking on me. If you get any smaller, you're going to be riding the horses at the Santa Anita racetrack. It was was great. It was, he's given Reggie the business. I loved it. And, um, Derek Jeter, uh, is in it. Um, and I think he doesn't shy away from, you know, the controversial stuff. And he also, he has the opportunity to stick it to guys like Billy Martin, you know, Martin, who was really rough on him. Oh my gosh. The Yankees were insane. Back they, then. Were, they were totally Steinbrenner, Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson and Thurman Munson, Mickey rivers, who was crazy, yeah. but not crazy. like Mickey rivers was like that crazy, more colorful, I guess. He wasn't like, you weren't worried he was going to kill you, but <laughs> and Thurman yeah. Munson, tough guy. And, who didn't like him famously? Lou Pinella. Like Reggie the Lou great, Pinella. The great Lou Pinella. We're all fans of Lou. Yep. So he Reggie could have buried these guys and been like, see, you know, Billy Martin was a was a jag, but he doesn't. Um, you know, he and it's interesting too that he really did want to please those guys and he just wanted to fit in. He was a gamer. Um 
and he played really hard. That's the other thing you have to respect about Reggie. You know, I, well, it's one-sided. So of course you're going to see, you know, nothing but clips of Reggie playing really hard. Um, yeah, he had two, uh, two gigantic memories of him. It, he hit this home run in the all-star game. 1971 which was just insane how far he hit it yep and then of course the three homers in a world series they do a nice job of building that up and pretty incredible pretty incredible yeah yeah i'm i've had enough distance from the 70s yankees that i could watch it objectively now (laughs) yeah um and uh there's a little bit of sadness too um, because he was huge and kind of was forgotten. It has kind of been forgotten. Yeah, he's a, been, he hasn't been bit. around. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. So that part is a little, um, so you kind of been, you know, pushed to the out to the fringe and, uh, and, it, and it's, and he's a sensitive guy and it's, it's well done. I recommend it. My, I recommend, no, it's a pretty quick one. So last week when I was cocooning, watching March Madness, and actually this is pre-cocooning, went shopping, had to get all my snacks. Yes. I failed all your to slim find gyms. <laughs> Pib. I failed to find orange vanilla coke, so that was disappointing. Because oh. I'm susceptible to advertising. And a few years ago, we've known that two seconds there was commercials about vanilla orange coke. (laughs) So now I crave it when March Madness comes on. I am Pavlov's dog. On the hunt. When I hear the March Madness commercials, I'm like, I need a vanilla orange coke. (laughs) The only place I was able to get it, me and Henry went to the movies. And I'm like, I know what I'm going to get to drink. Henry's like, oh, Billy. Henry's like, I'm I'm gonna go into theater while you do this. <laughs> Good luck, Dad. <laughs> but I discovered I, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm, oh, what are these? <laughs> Planters bold and savory peanuts. Oh, and there's and thus the I recommend. That's the I recommend. Uh, Delicious. Oh because you know you get your salt, but there's wait a minute, there's some savoriness here. And am I, I'm getting a hint of bold. <laughs> so they were like my go-to snack. <laughs> no, true, as I was, <laughs> as Henry removed me from the couch with the crowbar on Thursday night. I was going to say, with go all play that basketball. planters crumbs all over your face. <laughs> I had a bottle on my head. Empty <laughs> bottle of bold and savory planters. Len's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm dominate. Not paid for this, despite the works of our accountants. <laughs> Maybe we'll have sponsors. Philby, Philby, and Roman. It's it's the arrow is pointing up for Jag bags. <laughs> Len staggers off to Thursday night hoops. I'm gonna dominate the hardwood tonight. I gotta sweat out this bold and savory. <laughs> uh. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Uh, so all right. The flip, the flip charts are ready for you, Beef. Here we go. The Diamond listeners are excited to flip each number as you discuss it. Here we go. We're at 174. Jimmy Cliff 
and various <clears throat> artists, the harder they come, original movie soundtrack. And uh, this is 174. Um, you know, reggae was so big in the 70s and 80s. And this is a great album. Uh, I don't know. 174 seems high. Um, yeah, I think that's what I thought when I listened to it. I mean, I uh, I love The Harder They Come. I love Pressure Drop. Um, love Shantytown. And those are all like kind of the other artists as well. So it's not just Jimmy Cliff. Um, and uh, and so I'm, there's a few reggae fans that are listening tonight that are probably treating this as total blasphemy. I will get the faxes. <laughs> um Thing, but but I do want to just I'm gonna push you off of Jimmy Cliff B. Yeah, I will love uh, Morg. Morg uh, is a big reggae fan. Morg is gonna make the harder I come to throw you over over the over the Jimmy Cliff. But I did you might be lucky because Morg is not listening tonight because he is keeping an eye on Franklin Sampson in an undisclosed location as Franklin is going to uh, hopefully get healthy quickly. So Morg is keeping an eye on him for us. I had no idea that things had reached that. Too many slow gin fizzes, B. Of a stage. Get well, Franklin, we need your legal acumen. For sure. Uh, for who knows the... what's going to happen with Hancock Caruso. <laughs> I don't see that going well. <laughs> Hancock Caruso and his Venezuelan entanglements with with a brain like Alex leading the charge. Ooh. Oh boy! Um, also, you know, reggae fans are a, a litigious bunch. I might get some uh, cease and desist orders for my slander of uh, the harder they come. We'll see. I do want to oh, say it's a it's quick, a top five hundred album for sure. Real quick before we move on to. Jimmy Cliff. He has a new album now called Refugees that I'm going to listen to soon. And if I like it, maybe that'll be an I recommend for me. Okay. Just came out, I think. He's a living legend. Yeah. I saw he came to uh, Northwestern and we saw him in, and I won tickets. Oh, it actually so I, came out last year, but I, last I didn't, year. I guess I didn't know it was out yet. It came out in August of last year. He put on a great show. I had, to be honest, I had no idea he was still alive. Yeah, I mean, still doing it. Love it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Now, my friends from college who not, they just heard me say that I had no idea Jimmy Cliff was still alive. Oh, boy. <laughs> Get well soon, Franklin. <laughs> All right. Uh, number 173. Here's Len's all time favorite album. Nirvana in utero. Uh, <laughs> I, or I thought to be beef. Meh. 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 Or meh, if you're our good friend, Kim DeClaire. <laughs> uh, I'm not as hard on this record as you are. This would not, in your opinion, should not be anywhere near the top 500. That's your opinion. No, no I don't like it. I don't think it's that bad, um, but I'm a it, fan. It's very whiny. Um, I think that uh, 
he uh I think he was sort of like not handling fame well. So, he, you know, and, you know, was expecting a kid. So kind of the world closing in on him. And um, so you could see it in this record. And it, I think it's like an intentionally anti-commercial kind of, ra- it's it's not like, he, it's not him going for it. Like in uh, uh, the album that never mind. Um, so I, I'm going to say that this is a top 500 album. Also, this is way too high. 173 is way too high, but Rolling Stone is totally in love with Nirvana and anything they do is incredible. No. So I think that, uh, their live, the unplugged MTV is much better than this. Way better. Um, for me, Nirvana is nevermind and the unplugged album. There's another Nirvana album, and as I go look for it, uh, we're going to just keep talking <laughs> and while I fill, and it's a kind of a B-sides kind of... You're talking about Bleach? No, it's, um, it's, it's more like, um, it's, uh, there you go, albums. No, it's not here, huh? Maybe it's under compilations. Um, compilations. Incesticide, it was oh, called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. And uh, I prefer that to In Utero. Um, there's some good songwriting on Incesticide. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't think I'm going to get as much hate from everyone for that opinion. Um, I think there, there's, some, there's some huge In Utero fans. I'm not one of them. Um, and neither are you. But I think that's good. All enough. of you in utero fans, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm only. I'm Please going to say, fax me. I'm going to say you're half wrong. You're <laughs> maybe a quarter wrong. No, I do like in. I, I it belongs in the top 500, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, but not at 173. Um, 172 bridge over troubled water. Uh, by Simon and Garfunkel. Um, this is their last album that they did together. It's got the all-time huge standard Bridge Over Troubled Water on it. also has The Boxer. This album's great. It's really great. Um, I don't think there's a bad song on here. And um, I... Uh, I think that uh, 172 is about right. Maybe even a little higher. Um, it doesn't feel like a Simon and Garfunkel album. It's it's much more produced. Um, but I love some of the other songs. The Only Living Boy in New York. Great why song. don't you Why don't you write me? Uh, El Condor, Pasa, their uh, version of Bye Bye Love. Um, there's uh, The Only Living Boy in New York. Those are all. Said that already. Oh, I said that already. Yeah, but uh, those are all. Uh, there's a few others that I'm forgetting, but um, but I think that its uh, placement at 172 is. I th- I think that I think that's definitely right. Um, and uh, I'm just looking to see. There's a couple other songs that I forgot. 
that uh, here it is. Um, keep the customer satisfied in Cecilia, Baby Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. These are all great songs. Really good album. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on to one seventy one. Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation. Um, what's your take on this record? Oh, I like it. I like it. But I'm not by any means a Sonic Youth expert. But I have started a deep dive into them. But I did I did enjoy listening to Daydream Nation. Probably the first time I heard it was when I went through these. Yeah. There was because that was like my freshman year of college, and I heard it like once and was like, oh, whatever, overrated, and really never listened to it again for a long time until I got out. And then, and then at the factory with all those, with all the uh, the factory guys, they were all down on Sonic Youth. I'm not sure Oaken is a Sonic Youth man. I, I wouldn't, I couldn't see that. Yeah. And so more time than I, so I really didn't pick it up again until I was well into my thirties. And I was like, what's wrong with this record? It's really good. It's kind of like a soundscape. There's no real, it's more like a mood kind of thing, like almost, but it's more accessible than I thought because Sonic Youth has this reputation as being out there, but I'm like, this isn't, you know, this isn't nonsense. You know how some stuff is like, Ooh, this is, so artistic because nobody really wants to listen to it <laughs> i mean you can get into it easily i think yeah i think it's jams yeah yeah i um, agree so i i i'm comfortable with 171 i i maybe maybe a little bit maybe the, it might be a tad too high maybe in the 200s yeah they're a critical favorite but i, I like they the are. Sound, so they're i'm critical fine with darling. it being on there there's some albums that it's ranked ahead of that I don't agree with, um, but it belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last album uh, is Cream, Disraeli Gears. These all jams, all jams here. And um, I think I love Strange Brew. I love Tales of Brave Ulysses. And um, and then of course sunshine of your love, which uh, and you know I think people like um, you know I think people forget like how much this record jams, but it was so heavy and like they were compared to Hendrix. Um, Clap! I always think about Dan Lapke with this album because he used to always sing tales of brave Ulysses. <laughs> <laughs> The tales of brave Ulysses. <laughs> jams. All jams. This is a great record. I Swabbler is a really good song. Yep. I'm gonna try I'm gonna find a lyric that Dan would always sing. Her name is Aphrodite and she rides a crimson shell. Dan Lapke, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> as with all these oh I think, you know what i was going to ask you about yeah. cream yeah do you hear any black sabbath in cream the bass because we talked about that on our black sabbath podcast 
we did. And I think it's interesting that your all-time favorite rock critic, Lester Bangs, mm-hmm. heard Cream in uh, in Sabbath's first, uh, just the first album. That's where he, and I think, I think that's more of a testament to, you know, Sabbath was, they were just all power and energy and, you know, tone, tuning that guitar way down low um, just to get that heavy, heavy sound. Um, which, you know, Cream, they were definitely like a power trio. They were going for that kind of vibe. I mean, Sabbath just made it a thousand times heavier. Mm. Um, I could see the, um, I could see the comparison on certain songs, like Sunshine of Your Love. You know, I could see like, I could see the Sabbath comparison there where Sabbath just takes a riff and a feel of that song and just, you know, turns the guitar down and layers it up. So it's much more doom laden and, you know, really turning up that, that heavy, you know, kind of guitar sound. Um, So I don't think it's totally invalid. What about you? I think he was just struggling for a group to compare Sabbath to. Lesser Banks. Yeah. He's like, I don't know who they sound like. It's all about the bass. I think that's what that's what he saw or heard. Mm-hmm. Hey, you might be right. Yeah. Anyway, those are my albums. Um, I think overall, I would say they all belong, but they're ranked too high. Yeah. Except for in utero, which should not be on there. Uh, just <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> take it easy, Ryan. It's not that bad. All right, let's move on to my 500 favorite albums. Let's do it. The much more well-received one than Rolling Stones. <laughs> really is. Here we go. And the uh, the New York cognoscenti, really, obviously, the literary crowd really goes for lens rankings much more. Here's the first one. Oh, 365. Come on. Some girls, Rolling Stones, 1978. Friends are so alarming. My lover's never charming. Life's just a cocktail party on the street. Big Apple, people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion. Shattered. I love shattered. Oh, good. I, was, I love some girls because it's like it's so New York. Yeah, they rocked this one out because you got shattered when the whip comes down. Jam. Respectable. That's Jam. like three jams right there. And they Just, dabble in country. Mm-hmm. The Stones doing various albums. I like this country song. I like Faraway Eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, Before They Make Me Run is also a jam. Jam. And I also like that Imagination, which is a cover of Just My Imagination. Yep. They don't do a straight up cover. They do it differently. They do a great job with it. They put their own imprint on it. Yeah, agreed. And I realize, because this had three big hits. It had Beast of Burden. 
I didn't really, Beast of Burden was like a top 10 hit and Miss You, which was a gigantic hit. But I realized listening to it a couple of days, I can listen to Miss You again. Oh, you were sick of it? I along with it. I'm like, hey, I can, I can listen to this now. <laughs> and <laughs> I always loved Miss You. There, were you just, did you just get sick of it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a dislike, just you got sick heard of it. it everywhere. Not like Start Me Up. I, I just don't want to listen to Start Me Up, which we talked about last week. Mm-hmm. So you had a disco song because Miss You is a disco song, no matter yes. what. I know there are Rolling Stone fans that get angry about it, but it is. Yeah. And, or disco influenced. Yeah. And their country song. So there's a lot of different stuff going on in this one. And it was number one in the charts. Miss You was number one, number one hit. Uh, critics liked it. And get this, it's the only Rolling Stones album that got nominated for Album of the Year Grammy. I did not know that. And it was so popular, it was the 43rd bestseller of 1978 and also the 22nd bestseller of 1979. Wow. That's how well this album did. And I think, was this after... What's the what's the one right before this? Uh, that was black and blue. Black and blue. I knew it was black and something, because that one didn't do so well. So this was like a bounce back one for them. Yeah, they were, and the, and there was also emotional rescue that didn't do so good. Mm-hmm. So, but emotional rescue, I for me, I thought that I thought that did all right though, because there were songs on that, that album that got played a lot. Well, yeah, from a commercial standpoint, yeah. But not from a critical one. Right. Okay. Okay. So I also, not the Rolling Stones one, number 364. Oh, man, we are doing, it is a Stones countdown. Yeah. I love Let It Bleed. 69. Love it. Ooh, a storm is threatening my very life today. If I don't get some shelter, ooh, yeah, I'm going to fade away. War, children, it's just a shadow away. If you don't know those lyrics, I feel sad for you. I mean, if you don't know those lyrics, you've been, you're under a rock. But this one, and we probably talked about this way back when on our Rolling Stones podcast. It's a hard one for me to judge because, so you have some the greatest songs ever in here. You have Give Me Shelter, and you can't always get what you want. I also love Monkey Man and Let It Bleed. Plus, You Got the Silver and Live With Me, I think, are good songs. Monkey Man's but a jam. I was, I was determined. I'm like, I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to put out Midnight Rambler and try to let it wash over me. But I just wanted it to end. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long song. It's not a good song. It's a long song and it breaks up all the greatness in between it. And then, <laughs> so then at the end of the album, the second to last song is Monkey Man, which is a great song. And you're like, oh yeah. And then you're like, okay, let's end this album with <laughs> Country Honk, which is one of their worst songs ever. Like, okay, so Honky Tonk Woman's a great song. Let's countryfy it and make everyone go home unhappy after listening to an album that's really good, except for that and 
stupid ass <laughs> midnight rambler. I think uh, that's on the U.S. version. I think on the U.K. version, Country Honk is not. The version I have, Country Honk, is the third song on the record. Is it? Okay, whatever I have. So Wait, you so might be I listening the to the US, U.S. one or I have the English one. Yeah. Which one do I have? I think you have the U.S. one. What's the track yeah. number on yours? Or what's the track listing? Let It Bleeds first. Okay. Let It Bleed, Love in Vain, Midnight Rambler, Give Me Shelter, You Got the Silver, You Can't Always Get What You Want, Live With Me, Monkey Man, and Country Home. Wow. So the, the version I have, and I think it's the UK version, it's Gimme Shelter opens it, then Love in Vain, then Country Honk, then Live With Me, which by the way is, is, a, is a jam. Yeah. Then Let It Bleed. Then your all-time favorite song, Midnight Rambler. You got the silver, Monkey Man, and it ends with You Can't Always Get What You Want. Yeah, which is great. That's that's much better sequencing. I am almost positive that that is the that you have the U.S. version. Probably, because so, I mean I probably had this for a long time. Yeah, and but that's why it's hard to judge because obviously it's a really good album, but it's got two bad songs on it. Oh. <laughs> Laura's outrage. <laughs> I heard I heard a different word than outrage. <laughs> stronger, stronger word. You know, we wouldn't be uh, doing this correctly if we didn't talk about Bob Criscow's uh, uh, opinion <laughs> of Let It Bleed. He ranked it the fourth best album of 1970. Mm -hmm. Um behind only Randy Newman's 12 songs, Neil Young's After the Gold Rush, and The Grateful Dead's Live Dead. So, yeah, I had that in my notes that he, Chris Gow, because I always have to put down what Chris Gow thinks. Chris Gow had, if I could just take this just a step further, he had two Grateful Dead albums. He had Working Man's Dead in his top 10 for 1970. I also like his number seven choice uh, from the band Insect Trust. Uh, the album is Hoboken Saturday Night. I am going to go check this out right now. Insect Trust. I'm not even going to tell you his jazz uh, top ten jazz albums of the year. Wow, Chris Gow's my man. But this album, it was highly praised and it yep. went double double platinum. And it's he, got, like I said, it's got two of the most classic Stone songs on it. So it had, Gow, to, had, to, had to be on my list. Chris Gow named Gimme Shelter Song of the Year. Yeah, I mean, everybody loves Gimme Shelter. Some people say that's their all-time best song. I Yeah, yeah. I can't really argue. I can't say, well, it's I obviously. think when we do the Stones Beatles podcast and the bracket, Gimme Shelter will be a one seed. That will do very, very well also. Give me some interesting battles in that one. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's coming up. That's coming up soon. Yeah, sure is. Next month. All right. Oh, so boy. get ready, Diamond listeners. Here's another twofer and a group you might know. 
Oh yes, okay. uh, they're also. And this English. is the <laughs> Meet the Beatles. This is, of course, an American version. This is the U.S. version, which is I'm I'm, I'm going to say this right now, superior to With the Beatles. It's, and Oaken it's is what I grew up with. right now furiously. Who is Oaken? Is like, how dare you? How dare really? you? <laughs> 1964. Oh, and this boy would be happy just to love you. But oh my, that boy won't be happy till he's seen you cry. And of course, is this boy? It's got, it won't be long. All I've got to do, Little Child, which is one of my jam most underrated Beatles songs. Jam. And uh, back, this is the start of the Beatles' gold mine. Number one in the U.S. for 11 weeks, five times platinum. And let's see. But the reason it's not up higher is because one of my first albums was 62 to 66. And that's what I listened to more. I didn't put 62 to 66 on my list or 67 to 70 because my rule is don't put a compilation if you're going to pick an album that's got some of those songs off of there. So that's why 62 to 66 and 67 to 70 aren't on here, even though I've listened to both of those a ton. And that's that was kind of my introduction to them before I started listening to the actual albums. Right. So I don't really have a problem with... Well, I'm not, not the biggest fan of Till There Was You, but the rest of the songs are good. But that's why it's maybe not as high up as you expect. Yeah, this is a little low considering your Beatles love, but it's got the Well, hits. you're going to be really angry at this one. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> For being oh. too low, because I know this is your favorite. How dare, how very <laughs> dare you, sir? That's their best album. I know you think it's their best the album. best album. But it's the same kind of thing, though. 62 to 66, I think, had Hard Day's Night on there. And yep. can't maybe can't buy me love. So that's what I listen to more. Right. Not that Hard Day's Night isn't. Oh, I know. I, um, this will be controversial. I don't like and I love her. I don't. Oh, that, that is one. very controversial. But Hard Day's Night. If I fell's a great song. Can't buy me love. I love. It's yeah, I mean it's obviously a good album. We both love the Beatles. Agreed. In fact, if I trust in you, oh please don't run and hide. If I love you too, oh please don't hurt my pride like her. If I fell number I one the album, four times. I love if I fell. Yeah. This of course is the American version. But I remember No, this isn't the American version. This is the British version because the American version has all instrumentals on it. Mm. And I remember <laughs> I was reading, they were releasing everything for the Beatles. They were releasing instrumental tracks as singles. So like they did an instrumental version of this boy. I don't know if it was for Hard Day's Night or Help. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they released it as a single. <laughs> like the uh, Beatles amazing. Were even singing on it. I like the record company. They just were like, oh, this is Beatles product. Let's put it out. Right. And that's another thing. Like you listen to Meet the Beatles, it's like 29 minutes. Right. 
though it's over immediately. You listen to it and done. You will be pleased to know, Len, that on Bob Christgau's essential albums of the 60s, he lists Meet the Beatles, but does not list Hard Day's Night. Wow. So I have been faxing Robert Christgau. Yeah. Beave is in a rage right now. In a rage. And I don't think you're going to like this album either. This is my last one. I know Colin Milroy. I approve, by the way, I approve of Hard Day's Night. I just want that known that I <laughs> I know, but you just think it'd be too, it's too way low. Way too low, yes. Yeah. Colin Milroy and Sully will be mad at me for including this. Uh-oh. So a little... <laughs> <laughs> As am I. <laughs> you don't like them? Oh, God. No. no. I think that Adam Duritz is so insufferable, their lead singer insufferable as a person as a person as a songwriter as a singer yeah i just find him <laughs> just insufferable insufferable it's a word i do remember laughing at the long december video <laughs> and i think it was me and joe rockoff and somebody else and we were watching it and i'm like i am playing a piano in the forest but i think that's a great song i think it's a great song I this like came out in 1996. Yeah. We couldn't all be cowboys. So some of us are clowns, Beave. And some of us are dancers on the midway, like me, Beave. More oh. like dancers on the O'Hare. Oh, so we roam deep. from town to town. I hope that everybody can find a little flame. Oh. Me, I say prayers. Then I just light myself on fire. <laughs> and I walk out on the wire once again. What a true Good night, Elizabeth. He is so brave. Such a <laughs> such a brave, emotionally naked troubadour. <laughs> I think it's a great song. Good night, Elizabeth. Yeah. I'm not sleeping. Long December. I like it. every song in the album. This is their second album. Yep. Number one album on the charts. They Double were huge. Platinum. Yep. Double platinum. Thirty fifth best selling album of 1997. Yep. But you'll be happy to know the reviews were mixed. <laughs> <laughs> As we have just illustrated. But I really I really like it. <clears throat> so you'll you'll be pulling out a pavement. Just a little foreshadowing. Really? For that, for that group, yes. Um but that's it. Well, uh four for five. Pretty good. Right. More um, stones and beetles to come to for sure. But I don't think you'll object to any of those. Uh, I, um, by the way, I, Bob Christgau does not review that album. But in his review of August and Everything After, he says, Adam Duritz sings like the dutiful son of permissive parents. I hope never sit next to me at Woodstock. <laughs> Robert Christgau is. <laughs> Not making friends. Today. How much do you think he pays Wikipedia? That's what I want to know. <laughs> he's everywhere. I know. He's got to be paying them. He probably is. If he's still alive. Is he still alive? I don't know. He's the dean of American rock critics. So, you know. He likes to be called Dean Criscow. Dean. I, we should be calling him Dean Criscow. I will do that moving forward. Apologies, Mr. Criscow. Let's see if he's still alive. Um. Well, 
while you're one, doing that. One, one quick thing, too, I want to mention before we finish up. Yeah. Oh, he's still alive. He's 80. He's still alive. Wow. And, oh, it's weird. I Googled him, and he he's, there's a picture of him giving the finger, and the description underneath is, F you, Jagbags. Hmm. Weird. That was it's, fast. Uh, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to get I, Frank. I think our accountants we'll have to anticip- get, anticipated that. We'll have to get Franklin Sampson out of his slow gin fizz stupor and uh, pay a <laughs> visit to Mr. Chris Gow. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> oh, I want to say so for all you Jagbags listeners, I yes, am yes. putting my 500 favorite albums on a playlist. And each week I add the five new ones that we talk about. Oh, check us out. I finally got some Beatles on there now. Stones I had last week because I put, what what was my album last week? Uh, Tattoo You. Tattoo You. So now it's got Beatles and the Stones and it's a humongous playlist, but it's fun to listen to because at work, if I'm, counting a deposit or something i'll put that playlist on because it's fun just to see what comes up yeah you put on uh shuffle and yeah and it's great and it's great. lens lens radio station partially approved by beef <laughs> yeah and that's listed on my spotify under jagbags podcast most of my 500 favorite albums because neil young is that on Spotify? Neil Young does there not. There will be uh, Neil Young it. albums that come up. Also, yay, they do not have Nick Gilder on there, which saddens me greatly. It's very problematic. Yeah, Nick Gilder fucking rules. Excuse my language. I've converted beef to Nick Gilder. Yes, I, I, I this is one way that Jag Bags uh, educates even the host, um, as well as you, the listeners, and we want to thank you once again for listening. Check us out. Check all our past episodes out. Um, And thanks for your support. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.